Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, yeah. McMonagle here with you at 3 o'clock. You just heard uh, Marco mention the Rangers won again. Igor Shosturkin to the All-Star game right after I told you he's shaking and he makes me nervous. And everybody went. They put that up on the, um, they put that out on Twitter and and, uh, Instagram and everything and and Facebook. I got a bunch of, does this guy know anything about hockey? Does he? All I'm telling you is Igor is a very good goalie. Igor's had a decent year. Igor deserves to be an all-star. Now, as of right now, Panarin is not. I don't I, I do they do they only announce one all-star from each team like on the onset and then more guys will come because Panarin's an all-star. I mean, we that's crazy. He's not he had another goal tonight. Anywho's Igor's a great goalie, and if he is a on his game, he's one of the better goalies in the league, no doubt, top two or three goalie. I'm just saying that he was much more consistent a couple of years ago. I, I see games from him that, you know, the other night, just, I did it after the, they lost uh, a bad game to Carolina. And it's not to say he's at fault for every goal or at fault for every game they lose, but I think Quick has been a more consistent goalie for them. He doesn't play consistently, and I'm not saying there should be a goalie change by any means. Again, he's having a decent year, but he's not the he's not the Vesna winner right now, and he's not the same kind of goalie he was. And there are just games where it feels like two becomes five, a lot, and he has these moments where and these games where it's just, and I'm I'm worried about them because the scoring. Goes the the Ranger scoring goes away in the postseason. We've seen it time and time again. So they need him to be their best player. That's all I was trying to say. That he's a little shakier than he's been. A little, little bit more inconsistent for me, even though he won, you know, and just when you thought he was gonna start turning around, he won like he was great for like four or five games in a row. And then he had not not a game where he was a disaster, but Carolina scored a lot of goals. The defense played poorly. The, the team looked like it was skating in water, but still, I just I'm a little concerned about him come postseason time. Just a little. We've seen him also falter at times. He wasn't great against uh, Pittsburgh in that early start of the series. Got better clearly, and you know took them to a Eastern Conference Finals. They need to get back there. They need to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. That's I want to see them become a Stanley Cup champion team, and they're they're good enough. But he's a I, they need him to be the great Igor, and sometimes that comes and goes a little little bit more than it used to. That's all. 877-337-6666. Jesse's in Queens. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Chris. What's up? How's everything? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to uh, you. How you doing there, Jesse? Uh, not so well. I mean, no? with uh, rumors the Yankees are going after Snell. With yeah, Soto. not only that, rumors that the Yankees are going after Snell, rumors that the Yankees are going after Montgomery, rumors the Yankees are trading for Dylan Cease, rumors everywhere for the Yankees. Yeah, but they're, they're, I, I have a feeling they're going to they're gonna do one of these moves. And, and the Mets, what are we doing? Hauser, Severino, uh, Bader, Bader. 
that third baseman they got from the Marlins. I mean, yeah, Wendell. We're we're like we're we're acting like this is. You're like, acting like Milwaukee. Like, like yeah, like Kansas City, Milwaukee. You're acting I mean, like Stearns running Milwaukee. And everyone, when, when Stearns runs Milwaukee really well, right, this is what everybody says. When, when a Stearns type, not just him, but when a Stearns type runs a Milwaukee, runs a Kansas City, runs a mid-market team really well, a Tampa Bay Rays, so a lot of executives come from Tampa Bay after you know their time there. When they do really well there, everyone says, imagine what he could do with money. Imagine what if what would he do? Like Billy Bean, remember the end of the end of Moneyball, he gets the big offer from the Red Sox, and it's like, man, I can go be with the Red Sox and spend big money, uh, be try, but decides to stay. But like, what would the great GM do if he had endless resources? And what Robert. we're finding out right now from Stern so far, and again, very early, a lot of people are out there and available still. But what we're finding out is he brings Milwaukee to New York, and that's not what I expected. And I, it's not what I thought that this owner should do or this GM should do. But right now, it feels like with Harrison Bader, who is a excellent defensive outfielder, but to me, you're not a better, you're not a really good. That's not a good outfield with him as the everyday center fielder and Marte and right and Nimmo and left. I mean, if Marte's healthy, very good player. We know what Nimmo is, very good player, and probably better defensively and left and center. But that's a, that's a good defensive outfield, maybe. But offensively. I'm concerned about Marte after last year, and Bader can't hit right-handed pitching at all. It, it's really, it's really not giving hope to the Mets fans. No, and, and I'm disappointed. I'm really disappointed. I mean, look at look at Andrew Friedman he went from Tampa Bay to the Dodgers, and look what yes. he's doing with the Dodgers. He's spending and a lot have, of money, that's for sure. They have as much money as Cohen, so I just Cohen is a mega billionaire, and I'm sorry, but we. Met fans are not going to accept this, and he cannot uh, get away with well, this. Everything you said up until that point, Jesse, I agreed with you. But, for, again, my small corner of the world, uh, I talk to Met fans for a living, quite honestly. And, again, the ones who call in. And I have a couple of Met fans uh, in my personal life, and they're not happy either, but there are a lot of fans here. One, Sal has become the voice for it. Let's be fair about that. Sal has become the voice for King Cohen. He loves everything he does. Everything he does is smart. Not signing this guy smart. Signing that guy smart. Spending money on this is smart. Not spending money on that is smart. Everything Cohen does is smart. And I think there's, from the calls I take, I think a lot of Met fans have acted that way. A lot of Met fans have acted as if, hey, I understand you can't go out. One guy yesterday was telling me that he doesn't want to spend money on a team because he wants to like them. I don't want to have this like high priced, all nothing but mercenaries go out and buy a championship. Who needs it? I, I don't know. You'd rather lose? So we've got all kinds of reasons. We got smart billionaire reasons. We got more at morality reasons. We've got, you know, everything under the sun. I've heard a lot from Met fans who are just hunky dory with what's gone on. Like, hey, is this guy really good and worth the money? Is that does that seem like a reasonable contract to you? Hey, they gave Yamamoto three hundred twenty-five million dollars. What do you want to do? Hey, Otani didn't want to come here. Hey, you know, I mean, is is this guy really worth that much money? Well, eventually you got to do something to fix this rotation, and if it's and you might have to give out a bad contract. Wait, wait for a second, everyone, prepare yourself. I hope you're sitting down. A rich owner in sports 
might give out a contract with a player is, dare I say it, overpaid. No. What? What? Are you, are you, yeah, you heard me. Steve Cohen might actually have give out a contract where the, the player makes more money than he's probably worth. Oh, God. What would happen if he did that? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine overpaying for someone? Oh, my goodness gracious. What could he what, uh, He would. He'd have to hand in his billion, smart billionaire card. It's sports, people. You overpay to get That's how it works. You have to give a year you didn't want to give. You want to have to give an extra million you didn't want to give. That's how you get the player. And the point of being Steve Cohen and the point of owning the Mets is that you can give those contracts and it doesn't kill you. And, you know, paying paying um, Rendon all that money to play third base to never play doesn't kill you. You figure it out. You work around it. You spend more money. I'm not saying hand out stupid contract after stupid contract, but you have to do something to fix this rotation. And that might mean giving Snell a contract you're not comfortable with, giving Montgomery a contract you're not comfortable with, giving someone a contract, trading for someone, doing something. You can't go into the year with Sanga, Quintana, uh, Hauser, and Severino. And McGill, like you can't do that again. Stewart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot? Good morning. How Good are you? Good morning. How are you? More importantly, how are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Hoping that we that the Yankees make a move for a pitcher. They're going to. Well, they're uh, going. I don't know which one, but they're going to. And, uh, and I have no oh, doubt. And, and I have no doubt you'll kill Cashman Fort in three years. That's how. That's, <laughs> that's how it works, too. You're probably right. Yeah, I'm probably right. <laughs> uh, I'm probably C-Mac. right. C-Mac. Yes. Uh, the best. He's got to turn in his billionaire card and say, uh, "I'm just going to be." You know, you're right about one thing. David Stern is acting like Milwaukee. He brought Milwaukee here. Yeah, he br- I, mean, I hope he, he brought some bratwurst at least. Please, he didn't, he didn't do any of that either. But that's not the point. The point is, Cohen has all this money. Why aren't you get, going out and spending it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, if Cohen wanted Yamamoto, $400 million, that would have gotten it done. He would, have, he would not turn down $75 million. No way. I mean, Chris, he has to understand one thing, Stearns. This man got more money than anybody else in sports, or anybody in sports. Period. Yeah. And then he's not—he's not going about it the right way. He's nickel and diming. He, you know, he lies himself. Cashman, when when Cashman was doing what he was doing, <laughs> and then he he might even be on a lower level than Brian. Well, listen, I I do want to just let's let, nickel and diming is a is a bit much. Because I don't necessarily think he has a problem spending money. We've seen it. He had the highest payroll in baseball last year. He spent money. He gave Scherzer money. He gave Verlander money. He gave he, the first move is he came in here and gave Lindor three hundred million dollars. Like he'll spend money. I don't want to. It's the plan. I honestly don't think, like, he's holding on to his money. They've. I, I'm. I'm concerned 
that they think this is the way to go about it. This is I don't I don't think it's smart spending the money and using that tool as an asset. It didn't work last year. So now it's a flawed idea. Like that's that's what I'm getting. Like they spend money on Verlander, they spend money on Scherzer. They've they've spent some money. They had the highest payroll in baseball, and it won them 78 games or whatever it was. And so now, hey, we got to do things differently. We got to build up the system. I don't want to spend money up to bad money. I'll spend money when the team's right and ready, and hope that happens. But you and you don't have to go out and do everything. All right, you offered Yamamoto a fair contract, more than fair, but it wasn't enough. And for me, it just wasn't enough. You knew you were gonna have to blow him out of the water. You didn't. Fine. Otani didn't want to be here, didn't even take your call. I think you could have tried harder, but fine, didn't work out. Fine. Don't want to trade for Juan Soto. You're not trading up assets for a one-year rental. Makes sense. But the idea that you're not out there being the biggest bidder for Montgomery, why in the hell not? The idea that, you know, different players who might not be great. I was talking to Fliegelman. He doesn't like uh he doesn't like uh Giolito. And I don't love Giolito, but I think Giolito's a pretty good pitcher. I think he's better than McGill. I mean, I, he's had moments. He's been terrible for uh, the last couple of years, but he's had moments. You can't you can't pay him. What happens if he sucks? What happens if you give him $19 million a year and he sucks? Steve Cohen's having a $19 million sandwich. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. 877-337-6666. You have to do something with this rotation. And and uh, and it's nice to we don't have pitching go get defense and Bader is absolutely a great defensive center fielder great and he hits left handed pitching and he's a little bit of a gamer and I do think there's something to when he's going right he brings like energy to the whole team playoff Bader was legit like that was the thing like it, his exuberance his his I mean it it was. It was infectious. The fans got into it. And then even like at parts during the regular season last year, like he came back from injury and hit a three run home run the first game back against Tampa Bay. They ended up losing the game because uh, you know, Cole had his one bad game of the year and blew a six run lead to them. But like he came in and immediately the offense felt different. He had a big home run and it, and it just it felt much better. I do think he's a decent player, but and so I don't. I, I'm not going to kill the move necessarily, but a ten million dollars on a fourth outfielder, whom you know you could play in center once in a while, and maybe platoon against left-handed pitching once in a while. It's careful, Cohen. It's cautious, Cohen. We need King Cohen. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right. Hello there. The angel of my nightmare. 324, Vic Bonigle here with you, 877-337-6666. You know, part of our uh, existence here as um, hosts here who put themselves out is we get critiqued, right? We get critiqued either by, I don't know, everyone from uh, people in the media like, uh, you know, Andrew Marshand or whomever else, Gary Myers. 
But we also get critiqued by the fans, you know, whatever. I people in my life, I, I, like even just on uh, Twitter. Here, I'll just review a quick, great. Uh, someone replied to me promoting the show tonight, the Five Hour Midnight Ride. Great time to catch up on how spoiled, impatient, and entitled front front running Yankee fans to tell Met fans how they should feel. Okay, it's not that bad. Uh, anything else? Oh, yeah, um, this one's from Leslie, who is under the impression that I've banned him from my show, which is such, you know, it's just absolutely, he likes to to play that angle. I've never banned anyone from my show, but anyway. Uh, it's a joke C-Mac has a gig on the fan, but that's what happens when he carries Mike's water for such a long time. Yeah, it was about seven or eight years. It was a while. Uh, but anyway, my point is, we get critiqued from all over the place, but I would think even if you're in this industry or any industry, and, for example, Christopher Nolan, who is a obviously film director and, quite honestly, one of the finest. And, I mean, just makes great movies. Oppenheimer, probably for me. Now, again, I have two young kids. I work at 3 o'clock in the morning. I haven't had an opportunity to really go see a lot of movies this year. But Oppenheimer for me. And, by the way, I did see Barbie. I forgot to tell you this, Fleeks. I saw Barbie. I have to admit... I went in with zero expectations, figuring I'd be bored stiff and had no interest in it whatsoever and was doing it just to make my wife happy. And I got to tell you, I thought the movie was actually pretty good. You went in with zero expectations even after knowing it was the movie of the year? Yeah. I went in not thinking like I would like it. Like millions and billions of people love this well, movie. I don't know if they yeah. loved it. They went to go see it, but I didn't know they loved it necessarily. Plus, I don't know if it's going to be Movies don't make a billion dollars if people aren't enjoying them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, some people enjoy them, but it doesn't mean I'll have to enjoy them. There are plenty of movies that made a lot of money that I have no interest in. I'm not in. saying you had to enjoy it, but I would have thought it would like, have raised th- the I level of your expectations yeah, a little I guess. bit. I don't, I don't think Titanic is that good. People love Titanic. I'm a, it's all right. Um, I but thought, you would have raised your expectations knowing all the buzz and hype correct, around it. I guess. Yeah, but I mean, just the it's a Barbie movie. I, I did not think it was going to be like my cup of tea. That's all. Not Listen, I would have laughed at the idea of a Lego movie 10 years ago, and that's one of the best movies ever made. Lego movie is pretty funny. I don't know about as far as the best movies ever made, but you're right. It is pretty good um, for what it is. And again, Will Ferrell, the overall arcing connection to both those movies. But Barbie was actually pretty good. I actually liked Barbie. It was funny. And I and and what's his name? Um, Gosling. I thought was terrific in it as Ken. I thought he was great. I thought he was great. And so was uh, what's her name from SNL who played Crazy Barbie. She was funny as hell. I thought it was actually really good. I enjoyed it. But anyway, my point is Christopher Nolan. So Christopher Nolan obviously makes tremendous movies. I I first became aware of him with Memento, which is a great movie about a guy who lost his. Uh, um, immediate memory. He he can have. He has his long term memory, but short term memory goes. And he he writes himself notes and tattoos himself to try and leave messages because every ten minutes or so he he forgets everything that happened in you know since he was in an accident and he's chasing down his wife's murderer. It's an excellent movie, but obviously bat the Batman trilogy all of it. So we have to deal with it from time to time. Being told people don't like our stuff, but he's actually in a unique situation where he told a story. He won an award for best director for Oppenheimer. And we don't have to play the um, the clip of his speech, but I do want to play the Peloton uh, instructor because he told a, a story during his speech that he was in the middle of a Peloton class. Now, if you've ever taken a Peloton class, I've 
only I, I've seen I've been in the room while someone was on one and my buddy Bobby, if he's listening right now, he's a police officer, NYPD, and he usually is driving around at this time, so he might be listening right now. I believe on um on uh Peloton he goes by Bobby Bicep. Yep. I just did that to you, Bobby. He goes by Bobby Bicep. Anyway, um, like I've seen it before, they call you out if you. Hey, it's uh, Bobby's thirty fifth ride. Congratulations, Bobby! And they'll like talk to people and everything, and they'll you know they kill time. These instructors, it's just them, and they'll talk about things. So apparently, Christopher Nolan, this world class director, was on a you know doing a Peloton class when the instructor out of nowhere decided to talk about one of his movies. This song is from the soundtrack of a movie called Tenet. Anybody see this? Shit? Did anybody see this besides me? Because I need a manual. Someone's got to explain this. Yeah, I'm not kidding. What the fuck is going on in that movie? Do you understand? Seriously, you need to be a neuroscientist to understand. And that's two and a half hours of my life that I want back. I want it back. <laughs> so this guy, she has no idea that he's in the class. The director of that movie, Tenant, which, by the way, I have to admit... I started once late at night and fell asleep, and I've never revisited it. So I haven't seen the movie. I do love the director. I've seen almost everything he's done, but I have not seen that one. And he's in the middle of the Peloton class, and then just out of nowhere to vamp and be funny like we all do, like I'm doing right now with this story, just to vamp and be funny to kill some time while she's uh, lifting weights, uh, while lifting dumbbells while she's riding a bike and trying to talk to you. She just goes into a riff about how, the movie you made wasted two hours of her life and she couldn't understand it to save her life and it's terrible. Can you imagine having to be thrusted into that? Now, look, he's been wildly successful. He's a, he's he's won all kinds of awards. He's one of the more premier directors in the world right now. So I'm sure he's able to take it with good fun, but can you imagine doing something? Like, that would be like me on a Peloton class and all of a sudden, if you heard this guy C-Mac, that fat bastard's awful. I mean, he wants to lose as a giant fan. He wants to lose. My God, what an idiot. Like, I'd be like, uh, it's not me. That's Would like to point out, though, when you said earlier, you know, if anybody wants to know how a Peloton works, I haven't done it, but I've been in the back of a room. <laughs> I don't have a Peloton. I don't own a Peloton. That's why. If anybody <laughs> wants to know about the game of basketball, listen, I haven't played, but I've watched a That's, bunch. Well, if you can't play it, talk it. Everyone knows that. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I said that on purpose. I don't I've never been in a Peloton class. Yeah, if you're looking for recipe ideas, I've never cooked, but <laughs> I've eaten the good recipes. Yeah, I can explain it to you. But <laughs> yes. And if Boomer wants me to do this uh this bike thing in May, it would help to get me a Peloton. You, you buy me a Peloton, I'm in, Booms. Yeah, Christmas just passed, buddy. Yeah, that's okay. Probably miss your chance. <laughs> Ah, uh, but yes, that's funny. I don't know why that cracked me up. Can you imagine? You so think the, Nolan finished the class? So, yeah, I, I don't know. But so Nolan tells the story. I didn't want to play that. It's kind of long-winded, and apparently he curses a lot. There's a lot of bleeps in it. But he was giving an award ceremony, and he talked about this uh, woman going on this rant, and someone found, I guess, I don't know, Barstool or whoever, found this uh, woman doing it. Because you can go back and... and like I think the classes are on the computer forever. It's not you don't have to do live. You can go back and like take a class from any time. So somehow they found this woman or someone tipped them off to it, but they found the clip 
of the Peloton instructor bashing the movie. <laughs> oh, that's just funny to me. The idea that Christopher Nolan's on a bike probably thinking about his next epic. Hopefully, you know what I want. You know what I want. You know what movie I want. I want the Oliver Stone version, although I'll take Christopher Nolan. Five-hour epic. The Beatles. That's what I want. No one's ever done it. Make the movie. Make the real good. Go through the breakup. All of it. Give me like a legitimately good, good actors cast. Tell the story of the Beatles. From Beatlemania to the breakup. Do it. To John Lennon's unfortunate, obviously, assassination. Do it, Christopher Nolan. That's what, In fact, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a Peloton instructor in just the hopes that directors take these classes and every single class I'm going to suggest a Beatle movie. Austin in Pennsylvania. What's up, Austin? How you doing, Chris Mack? Good. How are you, I'm buddy? Here at, I'm good. I'm sitting here at work, and I'm just thinking about the playoffs and the freaking Lions and the Browns. Indianapolis and Tennis and Texans are going to get in the playoffs, and we have gone 13 years without making the playoffs. Correct. Well, I mean, not all of and, those teams are going to get in. Yeah, but, um, but Chris, my, my question to you is: the last image of, of not counting this four four plays he played with the Jets this season, yes. the last image of Aaron Rodgers was last year, the last game of the season for them Losing to get to in the, the playoffs. Yep. He stunk, stunk up the place against um, Detroit Lions. So, what makes us to believe it's going to be any difference next season? Because that's one piece of his history. The other piece of his history is consistently winning. And, and two years ago and three years ago, he won back-to-back MVPs. And, yes, he had one He had one year where he didn't play that well. The team didn't play that well. I think ultimately the- he was eventually he was frustrated with the organization and finally came to a boiling point. And, you know, he was apparently rough on the young wide receivers and the team didn't gel. And they lost a big game at home. But I don't think that – and I think this roster and this team – and this defense is better than what the Packers provide. So we do have a little hope. We maybe, but but what happens if it don't go that way? I don't, what happens? You 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 move on and try and I mean, depends on how bad it doesn't go that way. Uh, but, but my, my 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 my, I'm just so mad. Um, I know, but what else is there to do? Went, you made the the decision's already been made, though. Like you went out and got I'm Aaron Rodgers last year. But how come we could, we didn't get a quarterback when he got hurt? And look at the Browns. Totally agree. Or, totally uh, agree. I have no idea. Can't I can't give you that answer. Whether it's because he didn't want you to go get one, whether I guess there were some there were some rumors in some circles. I've heard it whispered that, um, you know, Woody Johnson pretty much said, "Look, I just spent a ton of money. I've I've spent enough money on the quarterback position. I've drafted a quarterback second overall and paid him money. I just went out and got Aaron Rodgers." Like. I don't don't ask me for any more money for the quarterback position, which is absurd. Or whether it's the rumor that Aaron Rodgers wanted it to be Zach Wilson, or that uh, Woody Johnson wanted it to be Zach Wilson because their fathers are friends, or all the all the stuff that gets circled around here. I have no idea why. I can't honestly. I don't know why the Jets did not go out and make sure they got a quarterback. I have no idea. I don't know why they waited three weeks to get Trevor Simeon and then put him on the practice squad for the entire season. I have no idea why. It's 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 mind-bogglingly stupid. And whoever's idea it was, 
you know, deserves to be fired. But you know what? They're not firing nobody. And I get it. Because I know you, the last thing you remember from uh, Aaron Rodgers is losing that Lions game in his building, and that's fair. But I remember the MVPs, and I remember, listen, losing too many playoff games for his ability and the consistency that team had and, and owning the NFC North to only get to and win one Super Bowl probably isn't enough. But, I mean, he's one of the great players to ever do it. And he's had a down season before and then came back and won two MVPs with this coach by his side. In Nathaniel Hackett. Like, you have to just trust it. There's nothing else to do. Like, as frustrated as you may be in what he, his impact had on losing this year. And there's no question. His injury, all the nonsense surrounding it, the cloud around the team that he was doing the, the McAfee interviews, that he's waiting to come back, that maybe he's forcing the hand of Zach Wilson, maybe he's the reason there wasn't a legitimate backup, all of that stuff, if that, you know, all of those things, you put it in the pot, Aaron Rodgers had a lot to do with the, the, Giants, the Jets losing this season. That's fair. It's fair. But he's your only hope for winning next year. And you sold your soul for this thing. You don't sell your soul, watch it you know, f- fail, and then just immediately move on. You've lost your soul here. You got to try and make a, you got to try and have the juice worth the squeeze. He's still here. You got to do it. You got to hope he f- he comes back and is Aaron Rodgers and leads you to the promised land. That's the only thing to do. And if he still wants Nathaniel Hackett, which clearly he does, and if he still believes in Robert Sala, which clearly he does, and if he wants Joe Douglas, why on earth would I not trust him and put all of my faith in him? As opposed to what? Fire everyone and let Woody hire more dopes? No thanks. I don't love Salah. And under normal circumstances, he deserves to have his his, his papers be served. No doubt. And I don't love Douglas necessarily. Had, a, had one brilliant draft, one terrible draft, a couple of and drafts. Was unable to fix this offensive line for years and didn't allow and didn't have a backup quarterback plan. Terrible, atrocious, deserves to be fired. But you can't. For, to bring in who or whom to do what? And you're not, it's like if you had the number one overall pick, like that's the thing. Like if you had the number one overall pick and could entice someone special and then you could go with that plan, you're not, you're not going to get the one, you're not going to get the big time quarterback, the big, big time quarterback. And it just doesn't make any sense. You got to go with Aaron Rodgers. If you told me the plan was dra- trade up, get Caleb Williams, and then bring Jim Harbaugh here, I suppose that's an option. Good luck with that. Other than that, it's Aaron Rodgers. And if you're going to keep Aaron Rodgers, you're going to keep Nathaniel Hackett. And if you're going to keep Nathaniel Hackett, just keep everybody. Close your eyes, hold your nose, pretend this year didn't happen, and start anew. That's all you can do. Tony in West Haven, Connecticut. What's up, Tony? Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Big fan. Love listening to you going into work in the morning. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I have a, I have a question for you. Please. Okay, I'm, I'm in this pool. It's this yearly pool. Well, it's, it must, it's freezing uh, outside. Get the hell out of here. What are you, an indoor pool? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we're coming to the last I hope week it's heated. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's why I like listening to you. Yeah, I know. It was an um, easy joke. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, we're getting down to the last week of the year, Okay. Um, you have to pick all the teams, the whole nine yards. Got sure. in second place. They pay the top three guys. Okay. Now I'm pulling my hair out because 
there is something because no quarterbacks are playing and it's impossible to judge the games this week. Exactly. Yeah. That's to your point. Exactly. You know, you don't, I'm a giant fan too. And I firm, they should lose that. You know, not just you want them to lose, but you got to get the better pick. Yes. So if they lose the game, I, I'm, I'm dialed in with that. I really am to better the franchise. Isn't it some type of tanking this weekend with the majority of the teams that want to get better positioning in the playoffs? Or want to rest? Well, their guys no, resting the their yeah, no, resting their guys isn't the same as tanking. No, I mean they want to make sure nobody gets hurt heading the into game. the playoffs. They're not doing their best you're to not. win the game. No, but they're most of the teams that aren't playing people like you know Stafford or Lamar Jackson or you know whoever who uh, all the other guys who aren't playing. They're secure in their postseason position, and it's just about making sure they're healthy. I mean, Lamar, the, the 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 those teams who secure a playoff spot don't know anything. To anybody else, they're not—they're not losing for draft position. They're—they're—they're they're, they're making sure they have a better chance to, or in their minds, have a better chance to win the playoff game. It's unfortunate how many are doing it. Like I don't remember this many, but you know what? I don't, also don't remember this many backup quarterbacks. Every quarterback under the sun has gone down this year. I, I would put him in a bubble too. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right, week 18. McMonagle's overnight picks. Right? Something like that. I haven't titled it like that before. We're going to do it now. We're finishing up. I can't stand it. Marco won the whole thing, and I can't stand it. We lost our train of thought here with the uh, the picks. I'll be totally honest with you. We were all over the place. Eddie decided not to work for a month, so Fliegelman was never with us. Then I was working in the afternoon. I did picks last week. Nobody else did. So this is what we're calling it for the season. Last week, but it doesn't matter. Marco is so far ahead that Marco is our season champion. Congratulations, Marco. You had one hell of a year, honestly. I mean, legitimately, one hell of a year. So that's it? We, we get towards the end, and all of a sudden, you know, 22, 23, 24 games over 500. Nobody yeah. wants to keep track no more. That's that's what happened. Did you keep track? Did you send me picks last week? I got it in my phone. I actually got the so date. Then you yeah, we're the... keeping track, but I think Marco had to have at least a 10-game lead, right? Yes. It's been two weeks. Uh, no, I don't know there's... if it was tw- – I'm somewhere between – No, there was no way he's losing. 22 and 24 games over 500, yeah, but I don't no, know the exact number. And me, and me and you were like no more than four or no, five. No, like we, we're neck and neck, but he, yeah. he cleared the field. Cleared the field. If we kept yeah. postseason and he went on like a horrendous yeah. stretch for mm. the entire rest of the way, maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. I don't think there's enough games to be honest. Yeah. You would. You would have again. You would have to go like one in like thirty for the end. You won. Well, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. How many games are in right. the playoffs? Like I don't yeah. even know if there's enough games to be able to well, make I mean, up the next round. I'm surprised you're the one getting on me for not keeping track of the record because I gave the records a bunch and you mocked me for it. Uh, you mocked me. I didn't mock you. You mocked yeah, me. Mock so now all of a sudden you care about records? I, huh? Okay. I, I would like okay. to know. Look. Well then, do the am math. I, am I ever going to have a year like this again? Probably not. The answer's no. no so I would not. just like to know. I'm curious well, for myself where I wind up finishing. That's all. Well, you finished in first between the three of us. Yeah, that's congratulations. That, that's that's not enough. Well, we both finished I over 500. I went three and two the last two weeks. I forget what it was, but I was a couple games over 500. I'm a couple better than that now. But congratulations. I appreciate it. I appreciate all your insight. I get my unfun- cookie or no? Unfun- no you got I think popcorn. the real reason he stopped keeping track is I passed C-Mac and he doesn't <laughs> want to finish it last. 
No, it's I had to work Friday in the afternoon. That's why, and I had to make. That's a hell of a run if you pass C-Mac. You were yeah, really struggling I know for a while. Run, yeah. Well, I had those two awful weeks early in the year, and yeah. then I had three great weeks in a row. Wow. Yeah. I think we were neck and neck, but and I did. I had two winning seasons. I went three and two the last two weeks, but I don't know what you did. I don't keep track. It's not my business. I'm not I, your daddy. I also did three and two the last two weeks. No, so I can tell you what I did the last then, two then weeks, you, but I don't know were... the record overall. Last yeah. two weeks ago, I was four and one. Last week, I was three and two. But I couldn't tell you what the that's, overall that's record. Still, that's whatever. Who cares? You won. It's not about how, how much you won. You won. Well, no, I'd like to know how much I win by. Then that's, do the math. That's Go I, back. I don't listen. have them. All right. Go back and listen to the last show we did. I gave out the stats. You know, I did at least three or four times. All right, here we go. Week eighteen. This is a. A tough week always, and particularly this year. I mean, no one's playing. So we're going to do our best. You know how we do it. We do the two locals. We pick three other games. Uh, since Marco is our champion, he can go first. Go ahead, Marco. All right. So take three games. It's hard to pick some of the games that don't. you don't really know everything. So I'm going right. to try to stick to games that I have a little bit better feel for. Yes. First one takes us to Saturday. you got the winner-take-all, Texas and Colts. This one from the start, I love Houston. I know it's probably a little bit of a trap because they're only laying a, a point and a half and mm-hmm. they're on the road or in Indianapolis, but they're so much different with C.J. Stroud, and there's just something about them. And as much as I feel like everyone's on the Cleveland train of the playoffs, they're going to be the biggest problem for the Browns, uh, for the for the Ravens. And I know that's probably the case because of their defense and how great Flacco's. The Texans are a sneaky pain in the ass yeah. in the playoffs. They remind me of Jacksonville last year, where if they get in, they're going to cause some headaches for somebody. Wherever they see, wherever they wind up, whether it's winning the division, if Jacksonville falls on their face against Tennessee, the Texans, the first step is to get to the playoffs, and then I think they're going to be a pain in the ass when they get there. I like them to get there. The Gardner Minshew train ends Week 18 in Indianapolis. Give me the Texans laying a point and a half. Bucks laying four and a half against the Panthers on the road. It's tough because I don't believe in the Bucks and I don't really like Baker Mayfield, and mm-hmm. Todd Bowles always leaves you flat. How the hell do they lose this game, and how do they not cover? The Panthers want to go home. They don't want to be there. They get shut out by Jacksonville with C.J. Beathard at home. Yep. You got David Tepper throwing drinks on fans. Like They don't want to be there. That's part of it. And the Bucks, I can't imagine them laying an egg like this. And it's only four and a half. It's not like you're laying 12. Give me the Bucks laying the four and a half to win the division to go into the playoffs. The third one that's outside the locals, as much as I don't love to do this rivalry, on the road they're different than at home. I, can the Cowboys really screw this up? It's 13 and a half. It's a ton of points. And I know it's always tough with Washington. and One of the best, if not the best rivalry in all of Washington wants to go home. Ron Rivera knows. He's got, you oh. know, two feet out the door. Eric Bieniemy knows, like, where am I going? Where am I going to get a job? I know it's not here. Mm-hmm. I got to figure things out. Sam Howell's probably playing again. Like, there's nothing there with Washington. And the idea that they're going to be able to stop Dallas, I don't care it's on grass or outside. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that Dallas is going to lay an egg here in this spot to get the two seed with a win. So give me the Cowboys laying 13 and a half. The two locals, the Patriots own the Jets, Trevor Simeon. I know it would be typical for the Jets to win this game and screw up the draft pick and all that nonsense. Uh, Bill Belichick, one more game before he probably leaves New England. He'll get the win again. It's only a point and a half, which is weird, and that kind of scares me. Yeah. But I don't care. Give me the Patriots laying a point and a half against the Jets, who another team wants to go home. The last one is the Giants, who's actually done a nice job of showing a pulse down the stretch. And you give Brian Dable and Wick Martindale a lot of credit, keeping them active, keeping their mind there, and showing that they the want is still there, even if the talent's not there to be able to do this. But I still don't see how they 
even stay real close with the Eagles like they did the last time. Philly's a mess. We know Philly's a mess. But they're a mess to the NFL, not to the Giants. The Giants have a they, they do nothing against the Eagles. Give me Philly laying five and a half against the Giants to end their miserable season. Nice. All right, Fleegs. All right, so the non-locals, uh, game number one, I'm going to go with this game matters to one team, not the other. But the team it doesn't matter for, I think they're going to give you everything they have. That's the Titans getting three and a half at home against the Jaguars. Jaguars have been an absolute mess the last month plus. Yeah, they bounced back with a win over the worst team in the league last week. Trevor Lawrence has a bum ankle. He dealt with the concussion. He's got a shoulder injury. That whole situation is a little bit of a mess. I still think the Jaguars will win this game very late on a field goal, and they'll make their fans sweat. They'll get into the postseason, but this game is going to get ugly. We know how Vrabel and the Titans do when they're underdogs, when they're home dogs. I think they give you everything they have, and they keep this one really close. Game number two. I like the Packers in the win and in situation. This is just the way you pick this game is from the Jets fan misery meter. And it's been an awful season for the Jets. Everything has gone wrong. Rodgers hurt four plays in. We know the whole story. The Packers have not been that impressive. They've played a horrible schedule. Their defense is bad. They're in the conference that is much, much worse. They're here because they're lucky and because of circumstance. But we're going to have to deal with the nonsense all year of all. Look at what happened. Jordan Love got into the playoffs. What Aaron Rodgers couldn't do the year before. You know, this year's Bears can't compete with last year's Lions team. But look at what they did in Week 18 in a game that matters. I think the Bears are competitive because it'll be funny watching them keep Matt Eberflus, who should be fired, keep Justin Fields, who should be traded, pass on Caleb Williams, but the Packers winning in at Lambeau. They get it done this time, and they win by more than a field goal. And the third non-local game, I love the Texans, but Marco went there, so I'm going to go to the other game that matters for both teams. That's the Bills and the Dolphins. I've been on the Dolphins all year long, but I have to jump off that train. There's too many injuries. I don't know what McDaniel was thinking last week, having Bradley Chubb in that game so late. You're down 30 points, and now you lost one of your best defensive players for the rest of the year into next year. I don't think the Dolphins get blown out at home. You know, they still have Jalen Ramsey. The Bills are not the Bills' offense we're used to. They're not this aerial attack anymore. They've become a ground game team in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. The emergence of James Cook. I think the Dolphins can keep this one close, but the Bills ultimately win it by... Between like four to ten points, I think they cover the two and a half, and the Bills win the AFC East, and the Dolphins continue their tailspin on the way to still a postseason berth, but not feeling as confident as they would have a couple of weeks ago. And then as for the locals, I'm with Marco. Everything in me wants to take the Giants. I think they're going to fight. I don't think the Eagles are going to have a chance to win the division. The Cowboys are going to take care of business. But something with Philly, they have to get right at some point because they're not going to be playing a home playoff game. They're going to have to go to the, yes, it's the South winner. They stink, but they're going to have to get things right very quickly, and they're going to try to take that out on the Giants, a team they always beat up. I think they handle this game easily, and the Eagles win it going away. Maybe the Giants keep it close in the first half, but the Eagles win big, and then this seems like the lock of the century to me. I, I don't understand how this line is You're gonna one. You're going to pick the Jets, I, right? I, no. I, 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 know, I, 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 do, I, I don't understand how this line is one. I was all over the Browns last week. You you guys, I didn't see. I don't think I saw either uh, one of you. Telling, the fact that people thought, oh, it's a touchdown plus the Jets can cover this game. <laughs> I, I actually was shocked the Jets scored at all. Uh, the Patriots have been playing tough the last couple of I weeks. Am. They look, have looked better. Bailey Zappi is an absolute joke. Trevor Simeon is not very good. I think the Jets 
had their last good performance, and it was for only half of the game against the Commanders. I don't know how much they get up for this game, whether it's Bill Belichick's game last game or not. The Patriots do not quit, and they don't lose to the Jets. I, I would lay six and a half in this game. Maybe it wouldn't go over a touchdown, but one and a half? Are you kidding me? I don't get it. Normally, lines like that scare the crap out of me. Not with this Jets team. Patriots win. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. And actually, Fliegelman, I don't even want to change my pick, so I'm not going to. We're picking every single game. We're on all five, obviously the two locals, all three I'm picking the same games. Different teams on one of them. But anyway, oh, I'm... Thankfully. I, yeah, well, I'm with you on Tennessee. I love Tennessee at three and a half. Vrabel is a home dog. I pick him every chance I get. And you heard him screaming because losing sucks. That's why. Like he's he's He, he means it. I agree with you that... Uh, what we've seen out of uh, Jacksonville, the quarterback uh, Lawrence is is hobbled out there. I just don't. I, I love Tennessee in this spot. Love him. I, I just this is the kind of game he gets up for. There, uh, could be uh, Derrick Henry's last game with the with Tennessee. That's that's plausible. But uh, Marco mentioned a bunch of teams that don't want to be there. Vrabel will not have a team that doesn't want to be there. I think they're gonna uh, hold tight. Give me Tennessee plus three and a half. I'm gonna go the opposite with you on the Bears though. I love the way the Bears are playing football. I just really like since they traded for Sweat. This defense has been a top three, four defense in the NFL. They've been uh, much better, and obviously what Fields is doing. And this is their last opportunity for a team that seems to really want to be behind this quarterback to make an impression to keep him. He's got to play well. The team's got to play well. And I just don't trust the Packers. Give me the Bears plus three in Lambeau. I love the way the Bears are playing. And then Buffalo. I felt like I had to pick this game. It's the biggest game of the week. And I'm with you. I just don't think that every time. Every single time the Dolphins have an opportunity to prove who they are in this AFC, they do, and they lose. Uh, I, I think Buffalo is a better match for this team. I think the way they can slow the game down a little bit, run the football, uh, still make explosive plays. The quarterback, uh, Allen, and his ability to run, I think I, I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, and I just think that they're better. I think they're tougher, and I think they're playing better football down the stretch here. And I think there's something to be said for a team that knows how to win this division. So give me the Bills in a uh, winner-take-all or, you know, winner-take-the-East uh, game. Buffalo minus 2.5 over Miami. I but, so hope you're right about that Bears game. Like yeah. Everything you said from a football perspective yeah. makes the most sense. This is just, again, I Jets fan that. ticked off at the world. I understand. And listen, this is a Giant fan ticked off at the world. They're covering this number. I'm telling you right now. They are going to make me sweat to the last freaking second of this game that they're going to have a chance to win this game against Philadelphia. And it will be the worst win in Giants history. It will make me sick to my stomach that I can't enjoy it because I want to beat the Eagles. Of course I want to beat the Eagles. They're, they're the nemesis. But we know what's better for the team. I've done this all morning. I'm not doing it anymore. But I'm telling you. Plus five and a half. The Giants are playing decent football. Defensively, they are. Wink Martindale, a lot of talk about him. I think he's going to make sure this defense is up. I think the team's going to play well for him. And offensively, although I don't trust the Giants, Philadelphia's defense has been an absolute joke. It's just been an absolute joke. Uh, it could be Saquon Barkley's last game as a Giant. Like, I think there's just a couple of things where the offense will figure out a way to make some plays. Tyrod Taylor to Slayton down the field has been a staple of this offense the last few weeks, and Philadelphia can't stop anyone. They'll make a couple of big plays down the field. Saquon Barkley will make a couple of big runs. They are going to be in this game, and they are going to make me sweat it out and be sick to my stomach as a Giant fan debating whether or not I want the Giants to win. It's gonna. I'm telling you it's going to happen. So give me the Giants plus five and a half. And I completely agree with you, New England. This is an easy pick. New England nine, minus one and a half. It's New England against the Jets. There's nothing else to say. The Jets are awful. They, I agree with you. Their last good football was that first half. They got out to that lead. It fell apart in the second half of that game. And they have just absolutely given up. 
And so give me New England minus one and a half. That's easy. So New England minus one and a half. Giants plus five and a half. Tennessee plus three and a half. Bears plus three. Buffalo minus two and a half. The picks for a week 18. We'll come back and have a little fun with our take a chance parlay. The only negative about it is it's the last time of the year. We'll have to figure out a way to work ABBA into the show regularly because I don't think I can say goodbye.